This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 4180, for Friday the 9th of August 2024. Today's show is entitled, Intro to Science Fiction Series. It is hosted by Ahukar and is about 16 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is I'm starting a new series on science fiction and fantasy, and this introduces it. Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode in what is going to be a new series. Uh, just to bring you up to date on where I'm at, uh, we have decided to stop traveling via RV. Um, I'm 72 and it's starting to become a little more work than uh, I really am comfortable doing. Um, and one of the things that happens when you start getting to be about my age is doing things that uh, you don't want to do is something you just stop doing. <laughs> so I just do whatever I want to do now. And I have certain interests, and one of them I'm going to start talking about is science fiction and fantasy. Uh, I've been a huge fan for a long time. Um, in fact, I don't even, I can't even remember when it started. Uh, I don't recall a time in my life when I wasn't reading science fiction and fantasy. It's not to say that I haven't read other things. Um, you know, as a child, I certainly remember reading the Walter Farley books about horses, and some images from that have stuck in my brain. Um, but when I think of my early love affair with books, it is about reading science fiction than fantasy. I lean more towards science fiction, but I enjoy them both. Um, now, I was a voracious reader. Um, yeah, I remember living in Buffalo. I would have been about nine or ten, and my mother taking me on a weekly trip to the library where I would check out a stack of books for my week's reading. Or rather, my mother would check them out. Uh, kids my age were not allowed to check out so many books, and most of the ones I checked out were considered adult level, so she had to do it for me. And while we lived in a suburb of Buffalo called Amherst, I remember taking a trip downtown to the main Buffalo library and thinking it was the most awesome place I had ever been. My own private fantasy involved sneaking into a corner, getting locked in for the night, and just spending the whole time reading. Now, you know, I, I started off with things like the Tom Swift books. Um, now, that's been going on for a long time. Uh, I've got some links in the show notes if you want to learn more about those. Uh, but they were, you know, there were child books, Tom Swift, Nancy Drew, the, the Hardy brothers, you know, Hardy boys. Um, you know, sort of typical juvenile books. Um, then I moved to juvenile books by um, more adult authors. Uh, now, they were always called juveniles. I think today they call them young adult. I'm not sure what the difference means, really. Uh, Heinlein wrote a number of um, juveniles that are still excellent, many of which I have reread as an adult and still enjoyed. Um, Asimov did a series called Lucky Star that was a virtual trip through the solar system. Like, 
Lucky star in the pirates of the asteroids. Lucky star in the moons of Jupiters. You know, at some point I joined the science fiction book club and I got a copy of the Foundation Trilogy by Asimov in a single volume, which I kept for years and reread many times. In fact, it, it was falling apart eventually. Then I discovered Doc Smith, E.E. E. Doc Smith. Um, now, I think his work would definitely look a little old-fashioned now, but remember, I'm 72, so I'm kind of old-fashioned. Uh, it was uh, it's something I fell in love with. Now, there's a saying in the fandom circles of science fiction that the golden age of science fiction is 14, because that is approximately the age when so many of us became lifelong fans. I'm still a fan of Doc Smith. Um, I have a domain, zwilnik.com, that comes from his Lensman series. I have the domain, palane.com, which comes from his Lensman series. Um, and, you know, I think I encountered that by the time I was 14, so, you know, that all fits. I've read everything of his I could get my hands on, including a book that is not science fiction called Have Trench Coat Will Travel. I would bet very few people have even heard of it, and then only the devoted fans of Doc Smith. He has two well-known major series, the Lensman series already mentioned, and the Skylark series. But he has a couple of two-book series and a number of standalone science fiction novels. He also contributed ideas or even an initial piece to two series that were picked up by other authors. The Family D'Alembert series was based on an idea by Smith, but mostly written by Stephen Golden. Although, if you ever get one of the books, it's Smith's name is what you see on the cover, and Golden is in small print down at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. uh, similarly, there was a Lord Tedrick series that was based on a novelette by Smith, but mostly written by Gordon Eklund. Uh, Smith is what people frequently point to as representing classic space opera, meaning science fiction on a large scale, with lots of action and not too much in the way of introspection. You think of it as the print equivalent of Star Wars, and you won't go far wrong. And while I'm at it at this point, I've been mentioning a lot of names of things, uh, the, the show notes I've got links to all of these things you can follow up on if anything catches your eye, or ear in this case. Um, so anyway, uh, in addition to science fiction, I also read fantasy. Um, I know I read the Lord of the Rings trilogy probably several times, The Hobbit several times. Uh, another favorite author was Andre Norton, uh, who wrote both fantasy and science fiction. Now, as I said, I tended to lean more towards science fiction, but a good story is the most important thing, and boundaries can be blurred. Heinlein, for instance, wrote a number of pure fantasies, but he is usually considered a science fiction writer. But novels like Glory Road and Job, A Comedy of Justice are pure fantasy. Sometimes, though, what looks like fantasy can turn out to be science fiction, as with the classic Dragon Riders of Pern series by Anne McCaffrey. Which means it may be a good time to defend, define my terms. Now, I could just say I know it when I see it, but I'll try to do better. 
Science fiction is a story that is based on plausible technology, even if far in the future. It does not involve anything magical or anything flat-out impossible. It may be far-fetched in some ways, such as involving time travel or faster-than-light travel. These are considered to be unlikely, but are still being plausibly discussed by real scientists as something we may be able to do in some future time. Science in a science fiction novel may not age particularly well. Doc Smith, for instance, in the Lensman series, had this whole thing about an inertialist drive, which was his way of getting around faster than light. You know, that if somehow if you got rid of inertia, you could travel infinitely fast. Um, that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but, you know... In, in his day, he could get away with it. Um, now, fantasy, on the other hand, has no rules. Magic is just fine. Ghosts are great. The only real requirement is that your story finds an audience that likes it. Even things that look like science fiction can turn out to be fantasy when looked at this way. Um, a classic example for me is Star Wars. Yeah, it's got spaceships and technology in it. But when you bring in the force, you're talking fantasy now. In the other direction, the Dragon Riders of Pern that I mentioned previously initially presents itself as high fantasy, with people in a medieval-like setting riding dragons that fly through the air and breathe fire. But then later in the series, McCaffrey retcons this by having the people be descendants of folks who came here on spaceships and they bred the dragons using genetic engineering from native life forms and so on. Now, I use the term retcon. Uh, that's a term you often hear in science fiction fandom circles, and it stands for retroactive continuity. Uh, here's the definition uh, from the dictionary. This is Merriam-Webster. Again, link in the show notes. Retcon is a shortened form of retroactive continuity and refers to a literary device in which the form or content of a previously established narrative is changed. So, in Dallas, when, you know, someone wakes up and it was all a dream, that's retcon. Now, up until now, I've just been discussing the print, written science fiction. You know, I also enjoy the visual. Um, now I think probably my first exposure would have been the Twilight Zone in 1959. Uh, uh, 1959, I turned eight. <laughs> so it was a long time ago, and I was a lot younger. And then there was The Outer Limits in 1963. Uh, I certainly remember Lost in Space, that was in 1965. But the real breakthrough for me and for a lot of people was Star Trek, which hit the television sets in 1966. Now, I still love it. I have a DVD box set of the original three-season series, TOS, the original series, with Kirk, Spock, McCoy, Sulu, all of the original gang at the Enterprise. So I've, I've got the whole shebang, and it's great. I, I love watching it. I watched it when it first came on. I watched it over and over in syndicated reruns, and it never grew old. Now, 
I, I can't say that I've kept up with all of the spinoffs because there's only so many hours in the day. But I have watched the first two seasons of Picard and have the third one waiting um, as a DVD set. I purchased all of them as DVD sets. One of the all-time great science fiction movies came out in 1968. That's 2001 A Space Odyssey. That's based on a story by Arthur C. Clarke and directed by Stanley Kubrick. It felt like the first time that a serious science fiction movie for adults had been made and presented. A real turning point. Now, in the early 70s in Boston, I ran across a program strange program on a UHF channel. Uh, This program was something called Doctor Who. Now, it was clearly a British program uh, with a fellow called The Doctor. He had on evening clothes and a cape, and he drove around in a yellow classic car he called Bessie. I fell in love with the program and started to tune in regularly. Then one day I tuned in, and instead of The Doctor... There was some goofy-looking guy in a floppy hat and a long scarf who claimed to be the doctor, but I wasn't having any of it. I knew better. Some years later, I got a clue and have become a dedicated fan of the show, and we'll definitely talk about that um, in this series. It's still going on, and in 2023, it celebrated its 60th anniversary, having first aired on November 23rd, 1963. Now, later in the 1970s, movies also started to get interesting again. In 1977, I saw Star Wars, which was very exciting. And then I saw the two subsequent ones, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, In 1979, Star Trek, the motion picture. Definitely had to watch that. You know, that was... The original Star Trek team, now in a big screen movie production. Now, after those first three Star Wars movies, my interest started to fall off. I think I've seen maybe two of the others. I've seen most of the Star Trek movies, probably missed a few of them. Um, Now, right now, for my fiction reading, I'm in the middle of reading the Amber series by Roger Zelazny, who is a wonderful writer. Um, This is a purely fantasy series about the true world Amber, of which our Earth is only a shadow. And I got to hear him read from his book A Night in the Lonesome October, which is another fantasy novel, at a science fiction convention. As for what I am watching right now, I am mostly watching Doctor Who. Uh, With 60 years of material, I still haven't seen all of it yet. And I recently started on a British TV show called Sapphire and Steel from 1979, which I would classify as probably fantasy. Now, while I have ongoing technical and academic interests, um, for interest, for for example, uh, I'm currently, and currently being 2024, reading Thomas Piketty's excellent book, capital in the 21st century. I used to be a professor of economics. Uh, But when I read fiction, it is almost always science fiction or fantasy. So I'm going to be discussing many of the things we've just talked about in this introductory episode, but going into more depth about it, and I'll probably bring in some other things. And I'd also like to encourage anyone else 
um, at Hacker Public Radio that uh, wants to talk about science fiction and fantasy to come join the series and make your own contributions. Uh, so this, I hope, maybe opens up some possibilities for uh, additional uh, and particularly for new contributors to uh, jump in and start offering some shows. So, this is Ahuka for Hacker Public Radio and signing off and as always encouraging you to support free software. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.